Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, hello and welcome back to the Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast. Oh my goodness, so lovely to see you on this very first podcast episode of 2021. Are we ready? Are we ready to go another awesome year and make some great memories? I know I sure am. Thank you so much for being here. <clears throat> Thank you for the support throughout all these years too, folks. Just again, you know, just a friendly reminder. I appreciate you and love you all so much. We've had such great memories and we're going to continue to, to make them as we move forward. Um, it is January 24th, 2021. It is exactly 12.30 p.m. in the afternoon. And uh, we're, this is episode 75, I believe. Yeah, I believe it's 75. Um, we're going to talk about some gaming. We're going to talk about maybe a little bit of tech. I mostly have gaming. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a lot of gaming in here. Because um, I feel that uh, there's a lot of gaming to talk about. Number one, last episode, if you remember, I was supposed to talk about... <laughs> I was supposed to talk about all the games that I completed in 2020 live on Twitch. And I failed to do so. And I had some people write to me like, Yo, Jay. Hey, dummy. I wanted to know about the games that you beat that year. I wanted to hear about them. And I was like, I totally spaced it. So we're going to actually start out talking about... I'm actually, well, after some random news, we're going to jump right into the games that I beat this year. And we'll talk about that. We'll take some voicemails at the end. And uh, I think there's a, a voicemail even there talking about my game of the year. So we'll talk about that too in the end. A jam-packed, full, amazing episode. And I appreciate y'all being here because guess what? Intro. Welcome to the Heine House Gaming and Tech, Tech Podcast. Podcast, a talk show centered around retro and modern gaming and technology. technology. The Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast is available on Spotify, yeah. Apple, yeah. or wherever else you, you listen, listen to podcasts. podcasts. <laughs> to watch the video feed from this episode or join the community Discord, Get in there. visit HeineHouse.com. Uh, yeah, 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 let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Get, 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 get some help. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, 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 welcome. And before, before we jump through any and all of that, we have to take a pause for the cause and thank all of the patrons that you see right here on your screen. Everyone in the game loft, main floor, and ground floor tiers. Because guess what? We're welcoming two. That's right, two new patrons. Nick and Nathan. What up, y'all? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I want to thank the homie Nate, Nathan. You've been there for a long time, uh, long time support all, all over the years. I know we've talked many times. He he purchased Nothing's Forever a long time ago. I sent him a poster, even, and we've we have a great uh, relationship there, uh, dating back to really, uh, gosh, twenty ten, I guess. Yeah, a long time ago. So thank you for your support uh, for the podcast and YouTube and entertainment and joining forces with me, joining that Game Loft tier supporter, Game Loft. Yeah, baby. Thank you. I appreciate you, sir. And then we're also welcoming the homie Nick, the Raging Bull. Where's my voice? The Raging Bull. Thank you again. Another another great friend from from many, many years of support dating back to Algen Gamers. You know, Algen Gamers sparked a lot, uh, a lot of uh, great conversation and, and, you know, killed a lot of time for a lot of people. And so y'all are jumping in saying, you're like, hey, man, I appreciate the support. And and that's that's so great to hear. I love hearing about your your long history of, you know, when, when you got involved with, uh, the crazy, crazy guy over here, you know what I mean? So thank you. Long time support. 
they both jumped in on that game loft here. Just, just I, I might as well say it. I usually don't, but let's jump in and just quickly say the game loft here up there at the top is, uh, you know, my, you know, you have to have tiers on Patreon and the maxed out full HD, um, all DLC included basically is how I'm looking at it. Tiers, the game loft. And that's 20 bucks a month. And what it does is it gives you full, complete access to everything that I have to offer, Honey House has to offer, including sneak peek behind the scenes information about stuff I'm working on, things I'm doing. You get specific Discord tier perks and rewards. You get exclusive chat room access to all those sort of things. You also get my exclusive, only available to that tier, car vlogs, where I vlog on my way home from work in the mornings. Uh, I do that usually once or maybe once every couple of weeks. We talk about stuff. And the best part about this, though, folks, is that you get my entire music discography. It's like 10 gigs of music, and it dates all the way back to my very first album that I released in 1998 from my band Elite. This is this is great because I've been compiling my master tapes and putting them all together, and it's always updating. So every time it gets updated in the game left here, you get sent physical, well, I guess not physical, but CD quality, 16-bit, um, 44.1, mp3s or you can even have the wave files if you choose i'll send you those to a full quality you get the whole discography and it's, it's great that i offer that and i know people have always said oh you're underselling yourself by giving away your music for like 20 bucks a month i know i know it costs like if you were to go download them it costs like over 150 or something i know but you know what i want to get the music out and i, I want to show people that i appreciate you and i care about you all as well for showing that love so anyway the long-winded response here is Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Really appreciate you being here. Yeah, because we have a good time, man. I've, you know, there's like 22 years, 23 years going on here of, of music and history and stuff. And I want to share it, which leads me into the next thing. I, I know I have a lot of projects coming out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, so shoot me. I'm sorry. My memoir is coming out this week. This is actually a really big week for me. Uh, the most ambitious project, personal project I've ever worked on. I've never, ever done anything like this. So it's a bit scary for me to be so open and honest about like everything because I talk about stuff that I usually stay away from. Um, I'm talking about politics. I talk about religion. I talk about relationships a bit. I mean, I do talk about that. That's not too crazy. But, you know, we go in. We, we go in. And this is this is like been a long time in the making. The short, short version is this, is that my good friend, best friend, Brandon Zeller sat down with me and was like, look, we need to do an episode about your life. I want to talk about your life. I want to, I want people to learn more about you. And I thought that was really, I thought that was really great for him to, to say and do. And I'm all for it. I'm all for connecting more with you on, on many different levels. Um, even if it's a level you may be a little uncomfortable with, it's okay. I think we can overcome any of that by just communicating and talking about stuff. And so we sat down and we talked for about four hours about things. And he had a, uh, a bullet points of, of questions he wanted to ask me. We, we talked about it and I told lots of stories. It's in the end, it ended up being about just over three hours um, of me talking about my life, uh, me talking about my early days, my childhood, uh, my family, my brothers, my, my growing up, where I grew up, how I grew up, what was going on. Talked about my early days of music, how I got into music, when I got my first drum set, how that sparked my journey in my entertainment life. You know, I talked about a lot of things and we went really deep into into that. And what's crazy is we finished the episode. This was back April of last year of 2020 is when we did we did this. After I got done with it, I started to realize that everything I'm talking about 
And I hope th I hope that this, if there's anything that this does, I hope that this solidifies the fact that I have always been 100% real, honest, myself, 100% of the time. What you see is what you get with me. There's no bullshit. There's no roundabout crap here. Like I have, I have told my stories. I've told my life. I've shared this and I do it willingly because I am excited about it. I'm happy about it. And I want to connect with you on many levels. And I think we can all connect on a deeper level by doing things like this. So this is my attempt to do that. I hope that we can. I hope that you can receive it. And I hope that I, I, I've told it in a way you can receive. Does that make sense? So we're doing this. Um, it's a memoir. It's a video memoir. It's going to be debuted on YouTube Premiere. It's coming up very, very soon. This is actually a really great moment. Um, you know, Friday, January 29th. Let me just tell you, it's Friday, January 29th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So be sure to get in there. It's going to premiere live. I'll be in the chat room, even though I'm nervous to be, but I'm going to be hanging out in there. If you know you guys want to talk about stuff, we can talk. But I'm excited to share this. I'm going to play the trailer for you. It's only two minutes. The trailer is only two minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. So let me just play it for you because I think it's really interesting to hear. Uh, and I think that everyone will find some cool stuff about it. Let's play the trailer. What would you do if you had your entire childhood, teen years, and even young adult life documented on video? I just thought it would be interesting and fun for your viewers to be able to see more like an in-depth look at yourself when people are on, you know, YouTube or do podcasts, Twitch, that kind of thing. People really only see like one side of like, I don't want to say like your happy side, but like the more you kind of put on a, a face to be entertaining, to be in an entertaining spot. Right. Uh, so people don't get to see the other side of you, your day-to-day. -day. From about 1980 to about 2006, my father always had a video camera shooting, capturing, documenting our lives. As an adult and coming across these boxes of tapes, I've made it my goal to import and archive as much of this footage as I can. I want to preserve it before these analog tapes deteriorate. I started importing footage around 2009, and what you're about to listen to here was intended to be an in-depth podcast episode about my life, but it has evolved into much more than that. My best friend, Brandon Zeller, sat down with me and asked me questions that really had me reflecting about my life. I want to personally thank him for taking the time to write this and for asking me questions that really took me back. Some of his questions, in fact, I've never been asked before, and some were very difficult for me to answer openly. Once this interview was complete, and I started editing the audio portion of it, it sparked a great opportunity. I thought I could now showcase and overlay this video footage and audio clips and pictures, all these things that I've been documenting all these years. This was a deep dive podcast episode about my life, yes, but it evolved into a historical memoir retold through my own words, analog tapes of home movies, and hundreds of pictures. If there are two things I'm most proud of with this, it's that this project has allowed me to finally showcase what the Heine House is all about. A safe place for friends, the bond of family, 
in the mindset where following your heart is always the right path. Yeah. Journey Beyond Yourself is what it's called. A memoir by me and Mr. Brandon Zeller, written by Brandon. It's fantastic. So I hope I hope all of you can join us and be there for the premiere on the 29th, January 29th, 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, let's jump in because we have um, a lot of gaming stuff. I actually, like I said, I, I went more on the gaming side of things because I want to talk about some games. There's some stuff to do here. And then we'll take some voicemails at the end and we'll call it a fantastic day. But first of all, what games did I beat in 2020? This is great because I went back um, into my retro catalog and ended up playing a lot of fantastic games and playing them, maybe not for, actually some for the first time, but also completing them. I have completed more games this or this last year than I have in any years previous. So this is really, really awesome. I'm going to talk about the game. I'm going to say what game it was, and then I'll just briefly talk about a little story or background on it, on how I feel about it. Number one, these are in no particular order. This was basically, I went streaming live on Twitch, and then I just pulled up retro games, and we played, and we had fun. So they're in no order. But uh, to start out, Jumping Flash 2. Now, Jumping Flash was a very early original Gosh, it, was, it wasn't a launch game, but it was damn near close. It was a very early PlayStation, uh, Sony-developed uh, first-person shooter where you... It's done by... Is it done by... It is done by Sony, yeah. I was going to say Namco for a second. I think it's done by Sony. Where you play this mech rabbit named Robbit. <laughs> and you have to basically save, like, planets and things. And it's, it's interesting. It's a crazy story. But it's a first-person shooter, basically. And it's this is before analog controls, right? So you use the D-pad, but you use triggers to like look around and aim. And actually, it's very intuitive and it works really well. I played the first one quite a bit. We had it early as when we were kids. And I never, I do own the second one. I bought it, but I never really got into it or played it. So I figured, let's jump in and do it. And we did. And it was fantastic. It was a great experience. This is one of those games where I think if you're a, if you're a PlayStation 1 fan, if you're into that, this is a game that you should have at least, at least the first one. You should have one of them in your collection. They're great games, fantastic games. Love them a lot. So that's Jumping Flash 2. I think I think Jumping Flash 1 was in Longbox and play and Jumping Flash 2 was only in Jewel Case, I think. Because I know I have Longbox of one and I don't I think it's just a standard jewel case by that time. So but uh, look into that. Jumping Flash 2. Uh Warhawk, another PS1, early PS1. I was going through a PlayStation 1 kick middle of the year last year. And we did a Warhawk. This is a, a great, um, I guess, fighter jet. Uh, it's, it's, you know, not a simulation. It's more of an arcade game, but it's done by Psygnosis. And, the, you know, they're the same ones who did Destruction Derby and a few, a bunch of other games. But it's a great sort of, not open world, but it allows you to play in a sandbox on some of these levels. So some levels are li linear and some are non-linear. But you can go into like this boss battle and it's kind of like this squared off area where you can then just fly around and have fun in, right? And it's really it's really unique and it looks great and it plays pretty well. And honestly, I just thought it was a great game. I played this when it came out, loved it. Didn't get very far because the game's hard as nails. But man, can I just say save states? Thank you. Thank you, save states. You know, because here's what I, here's what I do. First of all, don't freak out on me, okay? This is what I do. I put the games 
into my computer. I ripped them in, right? I ripped them in an ISO and then I launched them in an emulator. And then I used all the technology in my computer, the upscaling, the up-resing. I use the different, you know, I can map my controls. I can use the processing power of the computer to actually like enhance the way it looks. And you guys know, I've met, I feel like I've said this a like hundred times on the show. I love using the technology today to enhance these older games because let's be honest, like Sega Saturn, PlayStation 1, some of these games, they didn't age very well. They're super janky. They had to do weird tricks with the, the way they had to make their games in order to make them function properly. So yeah, you have really weird stuff going on. But using these emulators and using the technology that we have in our computers now, it they look great. And I've been doing that. So I played Warhawk same way with this. The only thing I want to tell you too on this game, if anyone gets to the end boss, just remember, and I had to, I actually had to look this up because I had no idea what I was doing. I could not figure out how to beat the final boss. I'm going to just tell you because you're going to get lost if you try to beat this game. At the final boss, you have to drive your Warhawk into the mouth of the boss and hit select and eject. You have to actually sacrifice yourself. You have to fucking kill yourself in order to beat the game. It's insane. Like, what? I was blown away. I think someone clipped it. It's on my Twitch clips. It's it's hilarious. When you you fly in, hit eject, your ship, you eject and your ship blows up and then you beat the boss. Like what? It's like Independence Day. I swear. It's like a re reenactment of Independence Day. Crazy stuff. Warhawk, PS1. Great game. The Raiden Project. I don't got to say much about the Raiden Project. These are, these are fantastic, classic OG shoot-em-ups. Great game. But this one here on PS1, you really should check it out. It's it's really fantastic. Another early, early PS1 game. Uh, the very first game I played on PlayStation 1, Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer. Yep, we went through it and we played it. That game was bundled with my PlayStation uh, when we got it. Even had a little sticker on it, like included Ridge Racer on the box. It was really, really cool. Great, fantastic Namco Racer. ESPN Extreme Games on PS1. This is one I've talked about in the past before. Quite a bit. Let me just dust off my microphone here. Um, we've talked about it before in the past, and I I love it because you can do luge, you can do biking, you can do um, rollerblades. I love it, dude. I love it. It's basically like I don't want to say like a better version of um, Road Rash because hey, I have mad respect for Road Rash. You see, I have my my factory sealed CD ROM collection behind here. I have it on display. I love Road Rash, but I almost feel like it's kind of it's a different game, but it looks very similar. Um, so I think you'd really enjoy it. If you enjoy mountain biking or rollerblading down the middle of San Francisco streets while you're kicking and punching your opponents, trying to knock them out, jumping through like hoops and things and obstacles and avoiding rocks and all kinds of things, this is a game for you. You really should check it out. It's quite fun. I love it. One of my favorites. We went through uh, a game called Aliens. And I may be thinking like, well, which one? Because there's like a million of them. Yes, this is the original arcade version just called Aliens. All right. It's a, a side-scrolling beat-em-up sort of shooter, I guess. And it was, honestly, I had a lot of fun with it. it was a, I don't see a lot of people playing it or talking about it. You know, you're going to see like Alien vs. Predator and you're going to see other, you know, Alien games. But this is the original arcade version of it. And it was a lot of fun. There are some weird like, I want to say like movement issues with it, but overall it, the pacing's really good. The sound design's really good and it looks beautiful. I really highly encourage you to go check it out. Uh, Aliens in the arcade. Uh, Night Slashers, another great uh, beat-em-up game in the arcades. Uh, I was doing I was doing kind of like a little mame run through on some uh, beat-em-ups, uh, but Night Slashers, another great, fantastic one there too. Um, 
What else is on here? Uh, Shadow Master, another PS1 game. This Okay, this is interesting because this game is... Um, it's a first-person game, and you're in this almost like... I want to say like space buggy type thing. You know, they're getting, you know, back in the day, they were really interesting on the stuff that they were coming up with. But it's almost like a, a space, like moon patrol style buggy, but it's first person. And you can actually strafe left and right and move around. And, and I got to say, the movement really works well. I do like it. And you, you're you on like different planets and you run around and you're trying to beat these like bug type alien things. And it's, it's a really, um, when I saw this game, I saw it over at Bookman's when we went out a long time ago, and I picked it up. It was really cheap, and I thought, yeah, you know, first-person, you know, um, space shooter type. It looks fun, you know, even if it's not fun. It, a couple bucks is worth it. And I had a really fun time playing it. Again, another game that's extremely hard, and when you die, you have to basically start over from the very beginning. It's brutal. I I really don't don't really approve of that mindset because it's like, I don't know, not that I want games like dumbed down for me because I need my hand held. I mean, let's be honest. I do kind of need my hand held and I do need some of these games dumbed down a bit so I can get through them. But I like to enjoy the experience. And for me, maybe I'm just a weird, maybe just call me the weird gamer. Maybe I'm a weird gamer. But when it, for me, if a game is extremely challenging and so hard that I can't complete like levels and I have to start over from the very beginning, that isn't a good experience for me. This is me personally. I don't care for that. Yeah, I, I want... Yeah, I'll put the game on easy so that I can get through the game and experience what they want me to experience. And maybe it's not of the difficulty or whatnot. But for me, that's okay. I'm just that way. I'm just the weird gamer, I guess. Like, if a game is super challenging, that doesn't mean it's a good game to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a, it's a great game. It's wonderful. But I want to experience it. I want to... I don't want to get to level two and then never play... I can't get past it. Like, what's the point of that? No, no, I didn't even get to experience the game. It's like, oh, man. And if I can't do it on normal, then, you know, hey, no, no shame. I'll put the shit on easy. Give me safe states and rewind. I love it. Anyway, this is one of those games. I think I think we looked up um, some cheat codes after the fact, after I was playing it for like three hours. I was like, look, what's the unlimited ammo? What's the invincibility code for me to get through this shit? Because I, I'm, I'm, I got to complete this game. I've invested three hours already. But check that out. It's... All these games too, folks, if you want to watch any of the stuff I'm talking about, it's on my Twitch. I've highlighted them all. Just go back in my my Twitch uh, video uh, highlights. You'll see it all there. Um, Condemned, Criminal Origins. This was actually suggested by Stephanie uh, during the month of October where we were doing scary games. And this is a really, really fun game. This is a, a first-person shooter horror kind of adventure type game where you, you, know, you, you play out a story. Um, very twisted story, actually. It's yeah, I won't spoil it or say anything. It's an older game, but it's on Steam. You can check it out. And I really, really enjoyed it. I had to install a FOV slider mod to it to get it to, so it wasn't so narrow because it's, I think it was designed for 360 and consoles. But man, it was a really fun, twisted, great game. I thought it had great sound design. I thought the story was really twisted and I couldn't, I couldn't understand it for a little bit because I was like, wow, what's going on? Like the, the plot twists are left and right. But a very, very cool game. You should definitely check it out. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. There's this black thing that like jumps out and scares you and then tries to chase you and you have to use lights to don't shine it on it. But then it's like Blair Witch type shit. Oh my God. It was, it's really interesting. Really cool game. 
Another game I played in October was Super Ghouls and Ghosts on Super Nintendo. Thank you to the Super Nintendo Switch online service. And because of Rewind, because of that, I was able to beat this game. Yeah, that's right. Because of Rewind, I'm able to finally beat this game. And it's amazing. I love it. And yeah, you have to, when you beat the game once and just like the princess is in another castle type shit and you have to beat the whole game again. It's insane, I know. But I really liked it. I really had a great time. Capcom did a nice job with it. Game's hard as nails, but you know, it's great. If you want to play that on the Switch Online service, that is the way to do it with Rewind. Very, very fantastic. Um, I went through Doom 64 finally, and I did that. I played it on PC because remember, they ported it over to PC this year and it was great. It was great. I really, really enjoyed it. What a brilliant game. And I, what I love about Doom 64 is Doom 64 is its own entity. It's modeled after Doom, you know, and, and that franchise from that era. But also they built that game from the ground up for the N64 because the N64 was limited in what it was able to do. So they couldn't just do a direct port. We know what happened when they tried to do that on Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo Doom version is very bad. Let's just say that. And, you know, ambitious. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's not great. And I'm glad that they decided to do it. But, you know, on N64, they said, look, let's not let's not try to screw this up this time. Let's actually make a game from the ground up that is built for the system that the system can handle. And they did a great job with it. If you have not played it and uh, you don't have your console or whatnot, you can play it on PC. It's on Steam, I believe. Um, Doom 64 on PC. Definitely play it with proper mouse and keyboard support. Oof, oof. That's one way to get me all hot and bothered. Just tell me it's got mouse and keyboard support. Oof. I know I love it. I love my shooters with mouse and keyboard. I love any of the action games with that. Very, very nice. Speaking of, oh God, I have put them back to back. Speaking of mouse and keyboard support, speaking of that, and I've played this a few times in the last 10 years of streaming, but I did it again this year because I love to do it. I should, I should do it every year. It's like Half-Life 2. I should... I should just do it every year. I should play through Half-Life 2 again on stream. Just do it. It's fun. Anyway, side note. This is GoldenEye 007 on N64. Yes, I was going through an N64 phase. We were doing some great games. But this is a, a mod that allows you to inject mouse and keyboard support. It is a ROM hack of, uh, of the game, which allows you to, to, use these mouse, to use your mouse and keyboard, which is so awesome. It really transforms the game. It transforms the game completely. And I love it. I think it's called, I think it's called, uh, oh shit, I don't remember the name of it. I think it's called 19, uh, I don't remember the name of it. I'll have to go look. If you're all, if you are at all interested to play GoldenEye 007 with mouse and keyboard support on your PC, hit me up in Discord. We'll talk about it and I'll send you the links to where you can download it and check it out. I don't remember off the top of my head what it was, but it's awesome. You have to play. I think you can do Perfect Dark as well because they run on the same engine. So, very, very cool. Um, Dying Light Hell Raid. This was the DLC released by Techland. It was kind of... It was a $10 DLC expansion. I have no problems supporting Techland whatsoever. Um, I, I'm all for it. So, when they release DLC for, for Dying Light specifically, I jump in on it. Unless it's cosmetic shit. I don't really do the cosmetic stuff. But if it's a full game mode or something, expansion... I've bought every one for them. They deserve it. They've actually, we have games uh, later on in the show. We're going to talk about games, um, gaming history. And this game came out six years ago in 2015. So like we're celebrating six years of dying. Light. I can't believe it's been that long, but they deserve 
they deserve it because they've been supporting the game for so long with great events and DLC and added content and free content even for people. Battle Royale mode. They've done a lot of really cool stuff. They should be celebrated. Developers need to be celebrated for that. Dying Light, one of my favorite, favorite games. I went through a uh, another beat-em-up kick because I picked up Capcom beat-em-up collection on Switch. If you don't, If you don't have that game yet, pick it up. There's so many great compilation games on Switch. There's the Castlevania one, there's the Contra one, and then there's this one too, the Capcom Beat-Em-Up Collection. I played Knights of the Round, King of Dragons, and Armored Warriors. All those are included in that game. There's a few others. I think there's five or six games, something like that. But I played through these great, great classic Capcom arcade beat-em-up games. And I love it. And I never played Armored Warriors. That's a really unique one. You're kind of like this like humanized but mech type person and the... It's almost like steampunk, sort of, but then futuristic. It's really hard to describe. It's hard to, yeah, yeah, I can't really describe it properly. You have to just see the footage. It is amazing. What a great, great and unique game. And they're Capcom beat-em-ups. They're awesome. You know they're going to be great. So pick that up on Switch if you haven't already. But I went through all three of those games this year on Twitch. Donkey Kong Country, of course, um, via the Super Nintendo Switch online service. I'm so thankful. I just want to say, I'm really thankful that we have all three Donkey Kong countries there now. One, two, and three. And I know three isn't the, very, the greatest, but you know what? I'm happy to have them all there. It's pretty awesome. And I love just blazing through. It takes me like maybe 40 minutes to just go through Donkey Kong Country. It's not a speed run or any of that, but I just love to just run through it. Just casual, sort of, I guess it's sort of a casual speed run. Because I love the platforming. Because Donkey Kong Country, as I've said a million times before, it's platforming bliss. It's perfection. It is perfection. And it's just so satisfying to just bounce off enemies and roll through the levels. And it's awesome. I'll even avoid special bonus areas sometimes just so that I can keep the flow going through level. It's just so wonderful. Very, very happy to have that. Really, really glad that they've released all those. Now we just need Super Mario RPG. Oh, I know. Everyone's complaining. Where is it? Where is it? I don't know. I don't know, but we need it there. Another one of my favorite games, another another great platforming game, one of the greatest on the Super Nintendo, in fact, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. So, so amazing. What a beautiful game. The cartoon, art style, the controls, the, again, even the puzzles... They don't feel like gimmicky, annoying puzzles. They feel fun and satisfying. That is a brilliant game. That right there, Donkey Kong Country and Yoshi's Island too. Man, that I mean, those are like, those are like top, top five games of all time for me. They're just so good, amazing. If you haven't had the opportunity to play through that game yet, do yourself a favor this year. Sit down and play through it. You will absolutely love it. It is on the Switch Online service. You can play it. What else here? Oh, yeah. The homegirl, E-Dub, Aaron. We, uh, she won to pick a game that I play live on stream, and she picked Rugrats on PS1. And we had such an amazing time playing through that. I, you know, I would never have played this game any other way. And Aaron, shout out to you. I would never have played it any other way, and I'm so happy that we did because I actually really had a good time. And, and there's, I'm, I'm sorry, but there's that song at the end, uh, the final boss with Reptar. You know, I, I still got to sample that and do a remix of that song. There's some really, really great, like, like hip hop shit that's going on in there. I can hear. So 
you know, we'll, we'll get around to it at some point. But uh, yeah, Rugrats on PS1. Very, very cool. Call of Juarez, Gunslinger, Ubisoft, early game here, uh, mid-2000s, went through and played this. This is great. This is such a fun game, a first-person Western where, you, you know, you. I love the voice act. Honestly, the voice acting is incredible. Incredible. Um, the gameplay is fantastic. I love the setting. I love the way it looks. There's, there's really not a lot to not like about this game. This game is amazing. It's really, really great. And it's a dirt cheap game. You really should pick it up. Put it on your wish list. And when it goes on sale, pick it up. Pick it up. Call of Juarez Gunslinger. I played this on PC, but I think it's also on PS3 and 360, I believe. It's in that generation. So definitely take a look. I think it's in there too. But it's it's beautiful. It has like stop motion, like stop time, like bullet time, you know, where you go into like bullet mode and then you can just like boom, 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 boom. It's so cool. So cool. You'll love it. Um, an indie game, Formula Retro Racing. It looks like a uh, a game from uh, Virtual Racing. And, you know, the only thing that's going to get me real excited is, you know, you tell me that a game's like Virtual Racing, and I'm on it, baby. I'm on it. But it's fantastic. Um, an indie game, uh, Repixel 8, I believe, is a developer. Very, very nice guy. He's we, I spoke to him many, many times about the game. Uh, I gave him feedback and to help him improve the game. And, in fact, I just saw today he posted that he did a huge update on the game. So this is awesome, awesome, awesome. So definitely take a look at that. It's on Steam. You definitely should support uh, the indies out there. So it's called Formula Retro Racing. I think I think what I saw is he added four-player split-screen multiplayer. That sounds legit. Check that out. Um, Gauntlet 7 Sorrows on PS2. This one came out of nowhere. This was a... A great, great game. Man, I I really enjoyed playing through that. It's You know, sometimes you have those hack and slash games that just do something special, right? And I think for me, Gauntlet is one of the series that just does it. It just does it right. It's not too crazy complicated with a million things that confuse a, a noob like me. It's very easy, down to earth. Here's your special moves. Here's your magic. Here's your health. Run through this and kill everyone in sight. And that's what I love. I love it. It's a hack and slash bliss. So, and I, I love the whole franchise, you know, even back to the early, the gauntlet and the arcades and gauntlet on our, on NES. I played gauntlet back in the day on, on the uh, little Atari cart. Great, great, great game. This is a PS2 game and it looks fantastic. It plays really well. Honestly, you really should go look this up on my, um, or just go look it up on YouTube, but you can watch me play it on my Twitch video archive. Go look it up because I was really blown away by this. Definitely a, an underrated game. Gauntlet Seven Sorrows. You really got to check it out. And you go through and trying to find the Seven Sorrows or something, and that's the story and the plot. And it's it's really really fun. Great action too. Love the moves. Love the animation. Like everything about it. Camera angles great. It's dark. It's gritty. Man, it's it's a great game. Great game. Um, Star Wars Pod Racer. Okay. Maybe I didn't complete it fully. I got to like the very last level or two levels from the last level. But the game is so damn cheap. It's so cheap. Come on. You're going to cut me a little slack. Please, it's a little slack. But uh, yeah, we played this on Dreamcast. And I, I, in fact, was able to map my sim rig controls because I played this in the Dreamcast emulator called Redream. Great one, by the way. You should look into that. Redream is fantastic. Um. 
it was awesome on the sim rig. Awesome. The the fine-tuned analog controls. Oh. Folks, racing games transformed when you have proper analog controls. I just love it. But this was so fun. I really enjoyed going through it. I had never done this before or gotten this far in the game. So it was quite an experience until the very end. Then the very end, it's like, dude, okay, it's so cheap. There's no way you're gonna beat this shit. It's insane. It's like it went from like zero to a million in like one level. Like it's crazy. But yeah, pod racing. Love it. Pod racing. Check it out. They released it on uh, Switch just recently too. You should get it on Switch. And I think PS4 as well. It's on there. So you can get it in their uh, in their store. Uh, in the, the game store there. So check that out. A lot of fun. Oh, we did the uh, Baja 1000 Endurance Mode. All right. I did that with the homie Bido. We jumped through. We did the uh, two-hour... I think it was a two-hour Baja. A lot of fun. Got through that completely. I got to do that again. That was such a blast. Oh, I know. I got to fire up the sim rig again. I got to fire it up, get it going, do some American truck simulating, do some of that simulator, some of that long tow trucking. Our number one priority, folks, in long tow trucking is to get your delivery to where it goes. We don't give a shit about public safety or nothing. We go into the oncoming, we go into the shoulder. That's the carpool lane now. We don't give a fuck. That's long tow trucking. You want something delivered? You give me a call. It gets delivered. One way or the other. There's no denying it. <laughs> Another fantastic game that I played the shit out of on PS2 back in the day is the original Red Faction. I remember speaking about this on the podcast episode when I when I beat the game, but here it is again on the list because I did go all the way through it. What a great campaign. And I have to say, even though they tried to make it better in Red Faction 2, and maybe the game looks better and maybe... Maybe the guns are more unique and, and the multiplayer is stronger with bots and it's better. I feel like the first one just has a much better story and a much it plays so great. So do yourself a favor. If you're looking for a great single player campaign to go through on an, an older first person shooter, you're you're on Mar you're a miner on Mars and you're trying to revolt against EOS and you know the you're trying to get out of Mars and get off the planet and it's really, really cool. Like this story, like, what's crazy is I feel like, I feel like the story of Red Faction 1 at the time hadn't been told a lot, right? But after, not, and I'm not saying people have copied Red Faction because like, oh, because it's so great. And so it wasn't a really a huge game. But I feel like that story has been told over and over and over again today. Like, you're in space. You're on a planet. You're trying to get off that planet. You're trying to fight against, you know, the evil corporation. Like, it's the story that's been told. Like, it's a story as old as time. A story as old as time. And I just think that it was done beautifully back then in 2001. I think it was 2001 when that game came out. Red Faction. You got to check it out. Super Nintendo Classic Cybernator. This is a wonderful side-scrolling mech shooter sort of platformer it's really really fun you have great abilities the mech can like jump and fly up and shoot and man really unique levels great sound design this is another one that i think i think is starting to become more and more collectible because people are like fighting it like oh wow this is an amazing game yeah amazing games and i feel that um you know the, the games that stand the test of time with their gameplay they're going to always they're going to come back you know, they may have they may have left for a little bit, but people are going to find them and be like, wow, this is amazing. This is an incredible game and it will come back. But yeah, Cybernator, we played that live. I, we had so many great laughs. What a fun game. You have to check that out. Futuristic mech 
side-scroller shooter. Yeah, if that sounds interesting, check that out. And then finally, of course, I have to say it because this was the most amazing moment for me. Hot Shot Racing, y'all. Hot Shot Racing with free DLC that they released at the end of the year. It's just beautiful. Beautiful. And the game is still doing amazing. I still see posts. Here we are, uh, seven months later. People are still making posts and like finding the game and like, what? This is amazing. Like, check it out. It's so humbling. I just have to say, I'm so humbled by it. Thank you, everyone, for your support and playing it and checking it out. And I will say, please do stay tuned. Please do pay uh, close attention in Discord and on my social media and on Twitch because I do have free hotshot game keys to give away still. I think I have, uh, well, I can't say how many I have, but I have a lot. And I am able to give them out and I want to give them to the community. So when we do community game nights, playing that game, I will be giving them out to people in the chat. So you got to come by, got to pay attention, and you got to take part. Would love to see you. We've got lots of cool stuff to do. Those are all the games I beat this year. There are others that I beat, but um, why didn't I put them on here? I didn't put them on here for some reason. Oh, because I beat them at a different time. It wasn't in this year. So yeah, like I beat a few just recently. I didn't put them on. You know, we just wanted to make sure to keep it towards 2020. Okay. Um, I have some really cool stuff here, uh, gaming kind of news related. Let me mirror my screen here. So I'm going to pop it up because I'm going to show you guys some pictures. Um, I woke up this morning and I saw online, I saw in my newsfeed that there was this Kickstarter that's blowing up from this company called GenKey, G-E-N-K-I, GenKey. And they make gaming accessories. And I've seen this, I've seen them before. They've been around, but they're a, a three-person team. And they are wanting to make products that are just better. They remember the early days when like, and I read their their company um, info. I went and researched the company because I'm curious. There are three guys and they started this company because they remember a day when, when you would buy an accessory for your console, like a Game Genie or a, a controller or something. And it would actually help and enhance your game experience with like turbo buttons and do other things. It was an experience. It was something that actually uh, um, made your experience better as opposed to just not better, right? And he asked some of the third-party controllers for dog shit. We already know that. But in the early days, if you bought an accessory, it would usually be to enhance your experience. This is their thinking when they're making products. They make many, many different things, but this one really sparked my interest. They're on Kickstarter right now. And I know, don't freak out. I know it's Kickstarter. I know, I know, I know. And I stay away from Kickstarter too. We've all been burned. But hear me out. And first of all, they're not telling me to do this. This is on my own terms. All right, this is me just speaking my mind because I I, I really believe in this. I think this is cool. Um, it's called the Shadowcast. It's an HDMI device that will send any HDMI source to your computer via an app. Very, very cool. Easy, quick, seamless. You can just push it right to your computer. So basically... It's a USB, well, not a USB, it's an HDMI dongle. It plugs in the back of an HDMI. So your HDMI out on your device, game console, switch, whatever. And then that plugs into your computer. You launch an app on your computer. Boom, it pops up, go full screen, you can play. Why is this exciting? Because capture devices, the world of capture devices are very, very difficult, confusing, and expensive. You want to get yourself like an Elgato capture card or something like that. You're going to spend 150, 200 bucks. 
I used a nice StarTech. It's $300. This is what I use to capture all of my stuff. And they're fantastic. I think they've dropped down to now. They're about 200 bucks now for the StarTech. And I love it. It's great. The app can be kind of wonky. All right. Sometimes it doesn't always work. In fact, I had to actually reinstall Windows last night in order for me to even do a live stream on the laptop. We played Mega Man with CJ. He was here and Steph was in there. We were playing Mega Man. And my StarTech wouldn't work. And then I tried to reinstall it and it wouldn't reinstall. It wouldn't work because Windows had just updated itself automatically. And I couldn't do anything. It broke it. So I had to actually do a restore point. And I tried to restore the PC to three days ago before the Windows updates. And then mid-restore, the fucking Windows restore software as it was doing it like bugged out and crashed and I blew, and then it blue screened and then it reset itself and then it blue screened. And this is what we call a boot loop. So I was in the middle of a fucking boot loop on my laptop. I couldn't even boot into windows. So I had to do a fucking full restore and I had to reinstall windows completely on that laptop last night. I was doing this for two hours. That's why I started the stream late last night because I was reinstalling windows. So anyway, so what I'm saying is, so this is what I'm saying is ease of access, easy to use, convenient. If this fucking works, this will be huge. And mark my words, folks, this is going to replace all of your capture devices that are expensive, convoluted, and uh, buggy. Now, now, there is, there is nothing here that is preventing me from saying that, well, what if this app is buggy? What if this device is buggy? all very fair points, and they very well can be and could be. However, th this is how it works. You plug it in, you plug into the HDMI, you plug in your computer, you launch the app, done. That's it. There's no other, there's no other stuff in between. So the errors or the process to get it to where it needs to go, there should be limited errors here. Not to say that it's, you know, it can't happen. I'm just saying this looks fantastic. I see this as a great benefit to people who live stream, to people who want to capture footage. I see this as a great benefit to people who want to uh, use it for their DSLR cameras, like a, make it a, a webcam. You can use it for that. You can use it for many, many things. So I was super excited and it's, oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. You're like, why are you, Jason, how much it cost? 40 bucks. Get some help. Exactly. What? 40 bucks. That's it. So I went to Kickstarter. I this morning, I went to Kickstarter. And in fact, I ordered two of them because I think they'll be fantastic to use on the computers. This will be so easy. It's going to simplify the live streaming setup because last night I could have just plugged in this fucking HDMI thing in the back of the switch, plugged it into the computer, and I would have been done instead of having to go through all this, my normal setup. I am very excited for this. I have some pictures. You want to see it? Here it is. So check it out. There it is. There's a device. It's very small. It's just an HDMI device. Goes in the back. They're showing it with the switch here. But there's the pictures. You can use any HDMI source. OBS, XSplit, Discord. You can use it for whatever. Zoom calls, Skype, whatever. And there's a picture there. As of the screenshot, which I took this morning after I gave my pledge. Four days to go, mind you. So if you're listening to this podcast, like, uh, it's the 24th. So if it's the 28th or after, you may not be able to get into it. But if it's before, go there now. And and really, I would back this. 
if you're at all interested to get your gameplay up on the TV or, or on a computer screen, like, yeah, like that's legit. That's a great way to capture it. Um, $1.4 million in backing. 22,000, almost 23,000 backers at the time of taking the picture. This was about two hours ago. Again, they're not sponsoring me. They didn't contact me. They don't need to. <laughs> they don't need to. Uh, I just, I think this is cool and I believe in it. And uh, yeah, I'm, I definitely bought, I bought two. I bought two. How about that? So go check it out. Um, Where are we at here? Where are we at? Uh, we're on voicemail time. That's all I had. That's all I had. Again, some gaming news. Talk about some of the stuff that I was going through with my, um, the games I played. It was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, now, oh, no, 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 no. Don't yell. I know you're yelling. You're like, wait, we're not done yet. Everyone's favorite section is making a return this week in gaming history. No, yeah. This is the section of the show where we talk about games that were released in the past during this week. And the week is January 24th through February 1st. Happy February. It's coming up. And then we'll jump into some voicemails and we'll put a pretty little bow on the episode. I appreciate you all listening. We've had a great time, haven't we? January 24th in 1997 on the Sega Saturn, Die Hard Arcade was released in Japan. Another really, really great beat-em-up. Like isometric, almost like Power Stone style. Like you, you really should play that. It was in the arcade as well. Um, but yeah, definitely give that a shot on Saturn. It's very, very good. They have it on Dreamcast too. Check it out on Dreamcast. But I don't, it's, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Holy fuck. I played Dynamite Cop. I didn't put that on my list. I beat that game too. I forgot. Dynamite Cop on Dreamcast. I played through that last year. Pick that up on Dreamcast and play it. Amazing game. It's the same game. It's just named different because of the regions or whatever. Okay. Um, January 24th. Here we go. In 2000, let's go make some crazy money. Crazy Taxi on Dreamcast. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, that's right. Um, in 2000, the same day, same year, the incredible and very infamous Light Play 50 Rounds Mario Party 2 on N64. The one, the only, the one that broke joysticks off the controllers because you do this with them, you just be like, ah, fucking, ah, the, the one where you have to reel up the treasure chest and you put your palm on the fucking joystick and, oh my goodness. It's a whole new meaning, whole new meaning to rosy palms. Um, yeah, in 2000, gosh, 21 years ago. Maybe we should play that this next month, this uh, next week to celebrate. We should do like a 50 rounder Mario party. I should bust out the N64. We should totally do it. Are you guys down for that? I would love to hear if you're down to watch that. That would take like four hours to do a fucking 50 rounder on that. But hey, maybe we should do it. It's all funny games. January 25th in 2001, House of the Dead 2 in Japan on PC was released. And I love these on PC. I do actually have a little uh, Sega Classics, um, Sega CD PC collection of games. I don't have it out. I'll show it eventually, but... I love the PC ports because of using your mouse. I mean, if you can't do light gun, which is the ultimate way to do it, then using a mouse is really great too. I love that too. Uh, 2010, jumping forward a few years, Uno on Wii. I put that in here because Steph loves these games. Uno. It's actually really great. I, I do love Uno. I, I play Clubhouse games on Switch. 
which, oh, it's by the way, folks, there is a sale going on on Switch right now in their eShop and Clubhouse Games is on sale. I think it's like 30% off or 40% off. Please go pick it up. You really should pick that up because we can play, we can play like Yahtzee. We can play sevens. We can play all these great games together online. Honestly, let me know. Please let me know if you pick it up because I would love to add you um, on my, well, yeah. Yeah. You have to let me know. You have to let me know you're going to send a friend request because I can't, I don't know. I don't know if it lets you send a friend request when your friend request things are full. You can only have 300 friends on your switch. That's not a lot in today's world. I mean, yeah, it's for like maybe your kids and stuff. That's okay. You know, they've got friends stuff, but like for anyone who's got, you know, an audience of people that want to play and hang out, like 300 is not a lot. So you have to let me know you're going to send a friend request over and I'll, and I'll, I'll have to delete someone and get you in there. But I want to play Clubhouse, okay? I want to play Clubhouse with you. Can we please play 7-Up and Yahtzee and Uno and Sorry and all these great games? Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. Um, Side tangent. Okay, 2011, Dead Space 2 on PC, PS3, and 360 was released. On to the next day, January 26th, The Incredible, an underrated game that never really got the proper attention it needed. 2010's Mag. Mag on PS3. A great shooter. It was an early... Um, it had like... It supported like 60 players or 50 players online or something. It was so awesome. And I never really took full advantage of it. I feel so bad about that. I remember Pete Dora always telling me about it. And I bought the game shortly after. I bought it. But then they shut the servers down and I never got in there. I feel really bad. 2010, also same day, same year, Mass Effect 2 on PC and 360. On to the next day, January 28th, 2015. I just talked about it earlier. The amazing zombie co-op game of not just that year, but of any year. It's an amazing game. You have to play it. Dying Light on PC, PS4, Xbox One. 2015, we're six years. Where's the time gone? Where's the time gone? And in 2016, 2016, this game. <laughs> Roblox, Xbox One. <clears throat> let me get my voice ready for this one. <clears throat> January 29th. Let me take a swig of this. Hold on. Let me get a little swig of Wawa. I'm going to do it upright <clears throat> to celebrate. <clears throat> January 29th in 1996. The one, the only. It's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum. I'm all out of gum. Damn, you're ugly. Damn, I'm looking good. That's not a bad Duke impression. That's not bad. I've been working on it for, oh, I don't know, since 1996. Here's the best one at the end. This is what he says of the final boss. I should just do like prank calls and call people up and talk like Duke. This is what he says at the very end uh, when you see the final boss. I'll rip your head off and shit down your neck. That's what he says. <laughs> And then he proceeds to actually do that because <laughs> he's fucking Duke Nukem. Um, okay. Um, in 1998, Bust a Groove on PS1 in Japan was released. Um, did I say 2001? I meant 1998. 1998, Bust a Groove on PS1 in Japan. 2001, Fantasy Star Online on Dreamcast, which is still supported online, by the way. Community, serv uh, community servers. Oh, man. Give it up for the community, man. Yes, baby. Thank you. 
Thank you for keeping the gaming servers alive. My gosh. I've said it a million times. I'll continue to say it to the day I die. God bless the nerds. Yeah, I'm serious. That's not an insult. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. There's people out there that are so much smarter than I am on, on doing this technical like networking to where they can keep these servers online. This is amazing. Even if you have to like PayPal them money, like support that. It's so great. It's so great. Uh, 2013 Hitman Trilogy on PS3 and 360. And let's move on to the next day. We got three days left in this. January 30th, 1985, Ice Climber on NES in Japan. 2001, Rayman 2 Revolution. In 2001, they're on PS1. Moving on to the next day, January 31st, in 1988, Wonder Boy on the Master System was released. A few years later, in 1992, Soul Blazer on Super Nintendo in Japan. And finally, in 1999, Silent Hill, the original Silent Hill on PS1 in Japan was released January 31st. End of February. Hello, February. Good to see you. Hello. Okay, that's all. In 1990, 1941, Counter-Attack. Remember that? That's the Capcom, great Capcom shmup there in the arcades. That was in 1990. 1996, Assault Rigs on PS1. Why do I put this one in here? Because like maybe two or three years ago, I played Assault Rigs for the very first time on N64. Assault Rigs Assault, I believe. There's, I think there's three Assault Rigs games. And you wouldn't really think it'd be fun, but my goodness, it was a blast. That's another one I got to put on my list to play and stream. That one is fun. Assault Rigs. Uh, 1997, Game & Watch Gallery on the original Game Boy. And finally, folks, to round out this week in gaming history, in 2001, Mega Man X5 on PlayStation 1. Ladies and gentlemen, that was this week in gaming history. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I hadn't done that section in a fresh, a fresh hot minute. So I was excited to jump back in. I was like, you know what? Let me just make this, let me make this about gaming. This episode, we don't even have a lot of tech. I talked a little bit about tech stuff with the uh, uh, with the uh, the Gen Key uh, Shadow Shadow Cast, but uh, yeah, it's all about gaming. All right, we're gonna jump into voicemails. We got three voicemails. These are from the back catalog. This first one's from almost actually. Oh shit! I'm sorry, Cameron. I love you, brother. You know I do. This one's from exactly one month ago. Come on, it was the holidays. A lot of crazy stuff's going on, so I apologize. But thank you. What's up, Jason? The maniac here. For my last voicemail of the year. I think that rhymed. Yeah. Last voicemail of the year. Um, it's a little old. So I want to comment first. Uh, I just listened to the most recent podcast. Percy had a great uh, question. Percy has like a great kind of narr narrator voice, actually. I was like, oh, wow. It sounds like he practiced that almost. I agree so, completely, yeah. He's awesome. Cool. Anyway, um, as far as, you know, relationships uh, and balancing that with being creative, I totally agree, man, with what you said, Jason. I think, as selfish as it sounds, we kind of need to be selfish to be truly happy with uh, ourselves. You know, we can't be giving everything and not think of ourselves. If we do, we're just going to be going to be miserable. Make the person with us miserable as well. So, um, we, we got to make sure we put ourselves at the top when it comes to those kinds of things. And also, what I did with my wife. Um, you know, I had relationships in the past where my my music, whatever, ended up uh, causing problems. And if 
if you're if what you love causes problems with your significant other, then it just wasn't meant to be. I had a conversation with my wife right off the bat, saying, "Hey, you know, this is who I am. I'm I'm a musician. I'm consumed by this, you know, but this is what I want to do." Uh, and she was totally cool with that, and we've had no problems ever since, and it's been the best relationship by far I've ever had. So getting out those things up front, is, they're, they are so important. You have to just be realistic and then, you know, not not kind of beat around, a bu- beat around the bush when it comes to that kind of stuff. So that's my advice, too. I agree um, completely. I think I'm just echoing what you said, Jason. Yes, thank you, sir. Uh, number two, uh, so it looks like we may get another round of stimulus checks, probably around $600. And if you look to, at, the, at the pricing data, uh, after the first stimulus check, there was a huge increase in, in game prices for a lot of more rare stuff or hard-to-find stuff. Oh, people interesting. Were, you know, pumping that money back in the economy and you know, tons of games were purchased. So I'm kind of curious. Um, the prices have started to kind of come down a little bit uh, on a lot of things, not everything. So I'm kind of curious to see what you think will happen. I imagine we'll kind of get another sort of probably not as big, but definitely a boost in in the going rate of some some games. Um, if you just look at the price charting data, it's pretty interesting. There's definitely a huge uh, about six months ago or eight months when the stimulus happened. There was there's a big jump in prices. So anyway, happy New Year, sir, uh, to you and Stephanie and Bob, and we'll uh, we'll talk again in the new year. We'll do, Cameron. Thank you, <clears throat> and I'm sorry that that voicemail is uh, a month old. A lot of things have happened <laughs> since then, right? Stimulus has happened. I, mean, I did not even notice that the prices went up. Um, I didn't even notice that. That's interesting. Yeah, but I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, people wanted to spend it on on games and things like that, I guess. So interesting. Oh, hey, Bob. Good morning. Cameron just said Happy New Year to you, Bob. And also you too, Steph. She says Happy New Year. Um, it's funny, Cameron, when you played your voicemail, he just, Bob and Steph both came around the corner and were like, hey. <laughs> um, uh, this is just to kind of get back real quick on the full, your full voicemail. Um, yeah, we were talking, uh, you were echoing what I was saying about Percy and we were talking about relationships and about being open and, and communicating about that sort of thing. And yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think the number one thing too, to keep in mind here is, and I want to just, I want to send this one home. It's not about... This is what I do. This is my way. Fuck you. Deal with me or don't deal with me. That is sort of there, sort of, but it's more or less about this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what makes me happy. This is what I love to do. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I am about. This is in me. This is my life. Communicate that, right? And 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 look for people that are going to be in that support system with you, not even like for you, but with you that have a similar thinking to where we can do this together because they have a, you both have a mutual understanding about the life that you live or the hobbies you have or the passions you have or what makes you, what makes you, you. It's almost like if, if you, if you're with somebody that doesn't actually, doesn't support the things that make you, you, then that's just not the right relationship to be in. And I think that's what we've echoed, we've said a few times. So um, it's definitely one of those conversations that you have to have with yourself internally and really look at yourself. And it may be scary. It may be a scary thought of like, am I doing the right thing here? Am I, am I really, am I 
is this the best thing for me? Because you have to live for yourself. Um, as, as you know, but when you find, when you find somebody that can be in that support system and work with you and you have a mutual understanding and you give and you take and you ebb and you flow and you work, it's not, it's not all easy and peaches and cream. It shouldn't be, but you have a mutual understanding and respect that you can then communicate and work through stuff and have that understanding. That's what you're looking for. And believe me, they're out there. Everyone's out there. There's always someone out there for everyone. Um, Okay, yes, Cameron, interesting about the stimulus stuff. I didn't even notice the prices went up on that. But then again, I'm not I'm not really looking. I'm not buying right now. So that's interesting. But yeah, I agree with you that if it happens again, and we already have had another stimulus, I bet you the prices have gone up on some of the games too. Because let's just be real, although a majority of the world needs the help right now, there's people out there that don't need the help. And they got it anyway, and they're going to use it just to spend it on like whatever they want, frivolous things. And that's totally, hey, that's totally fine. That's what, that's what, what it's there for, I guess. Uh, it's, it's, their, it's their money, right? They do what they want with it. Um, as opposed to, I guess, spending it on like bills or rent or things like that. But I do feel that there will be another bump. I should go take a look. I'm actually really interested to look at this now. I may do that offline, go look and see what happened with, uh, with games uh, this last month here because the stimulus came through, so. Interesting stuff. And if any more stimulus money comes through, I bet you the same thing will happen. I bet you the same thing will happen. Very interesting. Cameron, happy new year to you as well. I know you've sent a voice. I think you sent a voicemail in um, since then again, a second one, possibly. I don't know. Let me go in here and look because I think we have, I have two more in the queue. So let's go ahead and take a little quick look here. Um, let's jump into this next one here. And thanks for thanks for uh, the voicemails too, folks. I'll give you the number after this if you want to call in. Hey, Jason, it's Cliva. First, Mr. Cliva. Happy New Year's to happy you New and Year's all your listeners. Um, but I have a question um, about vinyl. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been interested in kind of collecting vinyl for the like the longest time, but um, I've always been kind of like hesitant on it because it, it seems like um, you got to put a lot of money into starting collecting vinyl. And I heard you got to collect the correct turntable because some may damage your records. Um, can you kind of give like a kind of like a like a starting pointers or something? Who's for anyone who's interested in collecting vinyl? Because um, I've always been interested in, but I've always been scared to jump in because it just seems like a lot of money and a lot of care you got to put into it, uh, which is which isn't bad. Um, but you know, for somebody new, it might be. Uh, kind of scary. So, um, yeah, if you could just give some pointers on collecting vinyl, uh, that'd be great. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Cliva. I appreciate the voicemail. And again, Cliva, thank you for your support for all these years, always jumping in and just being a great guy. I appreciate you. Um, so this is actually a question that could take a long time to answer, and I'll try to do it very concise and, and quickly. Um, you talk about like it's really expensive, but that could be said about anything though. I mean, you know, how much money have you put into your game collection? You know, how, you know, I, I know you're a huge Power Ranger fan and, and you cosplay and you do a bunch of stuff. Like how much money have you put into that? Right. So like, you, I guess it's kind of like, where do you draw the line of like, what's, what's expensive and what's not right. So that's for you to determine, not necessarily for me. Cause I could, I could say, well, yeah, it's going to cost you about a thousand bucks to get a proper like analog setup turntable, you know, receiver, speakers, 
in fact, it will cost more than that, to be honest. But, you know, and that may be like, whoa, holy shit, no way, no way. I mean, some people be like, oh, yeah, no problem. You know what I mean? So here's the thing. To start out, though, I don't think I would recommend you go out and spend, you know, a thousand bucks on a turntable, you know, getting proper monitors, spending five, six hundred bucks on getting some good analog monitors, maybe an, you know, an analog mixer or an analog, you know, amp for a nice pass. Like there's ways to go about this and you can either go off the deep end and do it like the real proper way that they did it in like the seventies, or you can do something that's kind of a hybrid. And that's, that's, I think what I would recommend you do now. I don't think I'd necessarily recommend you go out and buy the Crosley stuff. And I know people, We'll do that to get it done. And I love Crosley. We actually have their retro TV. I think that's one of the most amazing products in the last 10 years. It's incredible. I love it. But I wouldn't recommend going and doing that for vinyl. And here's why. When it comes to vinyl, it's like you said, it's very, very touchy. It's very delicate. And you have to have the needle or the stylus. It has to be the proper one. Now, it's not going to like, quote unquote, damage your record. However, with however you handle it, you can damage it, even with really nice high-end gear, all right? It's a needle. It's it's digging into this vinyl record, and it's playing. As the record spins back, it is moving and flexing on those grooves that are etched into this vinyl to create sound. You should go... I'm not going to break down the history of it. You should go look it up, though. It's really, really fascinating how vinyl works. You'll find... You'll get a kick out of that. But what I would recommend you do is to get yourself something in the middle ground, all right? Because I know I saw you were buying some really nice vinyl recently. You picked up some really cool OSTs and things like that. You don't want to just throw them on just like the cheapy turntable. You almost want to do this. Either go to, if you have like a secondhand store, uh, like a used gear store, maybe like Guitar Center, something local maybe, and look for like a DJ style turntable. Look for something from... Pioneer, Newmark, or Technics. Those are what I would recommend. Those are three fantastic brands. They make great products, and they're not going to be the cheapest things in the world, but you really don't want to skimp too much in this area. And the other the other part of it is to get a proper needle for it, okay? They make many different types of needles, some for DJing scratching, where you, know, you can go back and forth with it. Some are meant for high fidelity. Some have a better frequency response. There's a whole world here. And I know you're looking for just a quick answer of like, oh, I just want to just do this and do this. So I'm trying to break, <laughs> trying to break it down. Do something like that. Get Maybe get online, get on OfferUp or Marketplace somewhere and buy a secondhand, a used turntable. All right. Factor in that you're going to spend two to 400 bucks on a turntable. That's just reality. That's just the way that's going to go. There's no, no real way around that. Even the cheapy Crosley stuff, I think they're like 100 bucks or 80, 90 bucks. I mean, like, come on, you know, like, nah, I wouldn't do that. And what would be nice if you could also get one with USB compatibility. I, I typically stay away from those because they're kind of, they can be lower end. But if you're just playing back and you want to get it into the computer, maybe that would be a good option to have. So look for that. I think Newmark makes some with USB functionality as well. So look into that. Check the different needles and stylus. Do some research. Get on YouTube. Look that up. Find one for playback, high fidelity playback. And then from there, um, they usually... Okay, gosh, this is... I know I told you this is going to be short, but it's it's not. It's so tough. It's so tough. Anyone, any vinyl um, uh, geeks out there with me, you know what I'm going through right now. So what you can do 
is typically a vinyl is it's called phonograph phono. It is designed to be plugged in. You have to ground the turntable to your mixer. There's a little screw on the back, put it in, you ground it, and then you have to plug in your turntable to a phono input. All right. It's a phonograph input. It's a very, it's a low input, um, um, input for it. All right. That's where it, it's not a line level input. Now, some turntables, I th again, I think you have to look this up. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to recommend off the top of my head which one would which has it, but they can be a line level. They can convert that internally to a line level to where then you can go to like your amplifier or um, some speakers, just directly to speakers or a mixer or something like that. So you want to do that. You want to try to find a turntable that can really, I guess, do both phono and line level uh, or just line. That'd probably be the best for you if you're not going to go full analog. Um, I'm probably just confusing the shit out of you. I know, but I'm trying to give you as much information as possible. Um, the short, short answer is you could just go down to Target and buy yourself a Crosley turntable and you're good. And you'll probably be fine. You'll be able to play back records and it'll probably be just fine. But you're not going to have, it's not going to be of the highest quality as if you went a little further and dropped a little more money into it and do it. So put a budget of maybe five, 600 bucks and see where you can go from there. I think you'd be able to do it for that um, and get something that's actually pretty decent and will work well for you. Um, just to put in perspective, um, any high-end like turntable or really any nice like Technic uh, 1200 um, M3D or any of those like DJ turntables, they're a thousand bucks a pop. You know, that's typically what they run. Um, so just to give you an idea of where I'm fighting with like recommending to you, because it's either you either go and do it or you just kind of have to pick and choose where your budget goes into and you're going to have to spread that out a little bit. So, but I think you'd be able to do it five, 600 bucks get you in. And that's not, I don't think that's that expensive for getting a nice, um, nice entry level analog. It may not really be that analog though at that time. Well, you know what I mean? You know, a nice, nice entry level setup for you, but we can talk more about it too. Hit me up in discord if you have any more questions. And also if we have any other uh, vinyl fans out here, that want to jump in a discord and a talk with us and, and recommend it. I have, I have the podcast section in discord. I would love to uh, hear back from you. Maybe there's some new stuff that just came out recently. I bet you there is because the technology advances so much. and I love it. Uh, maybe we could talk about what new stuff is out there that Cliva might be interested in. All right. That's awesome. We got one more voicemail uh, to round it up. I think it's Cameron again. Let's see. This was came through on the 12th. So about a week ago. Uh, is it Cameron? I don't know. Hold on. Maybe it's not. Actually, I don't think this is. Hold on. Let's see. We got another voicemail here. Let's check it out. There's no name. Hey, okay, what's up, man? Just finished listening to your, uh, your fireside chat about 2020. Um, loved it. Definitely agree that uh, my favorite episodes of yours are the more um, introspective, the more personal, the more just kind of, uh, I don't know, not really news or anything like that, just about you. I always think those are interesting Thank you to connect with, but I want to throw uh, a difficult question at you. Okay. You ready? Uh, are you sitting down? Yeah, I am. You're probably standing. Are you sitting down? Hold on. Okay. Hold on. okay yeah, I'm sitting. What was your game of the year? 2020. Good luck. G O T Y 2020. Oh, you didn't say your name. Uh, I appreciate you calling. Thank you. And I, I appreciate hearing that on your feedback about the more, um, introspective type episodes been hearing that a lot recently and that's why i kind of wanted to do the memoir um, another great way to connect so thank you i appreciate that i'll keep that in mind 
Game of the year 2020? This is tough. I mean, everyone's going to say The Last of Us, right? But I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't even gotten around to playing that game yet. And maybe it would have been my game of the year had I played it. But I'm, uh, yeah, you know, it, I think I know exactly what this is going to be. Maybe not one you're expecting. But here's, here's, here's what I'm going to say. In 2020, we all lived a completely different life, all of us. Living through this pandemic has really changed a lot uh, with how we do normal daily life things, right? A lot of us stayed indoors. We were quarantined. We were doing that. And I think we had a lot of time to sit and play games and reflect about what was important to us, not just in our lives, but also with our gaming. What was fun? Maybe we picked up casual games. Maybe we picked up hardcore gaming. Maybe we became a streamer. Maybe we played Call of Duty Warzone and tried to get some new followers that way. Maybe we did a lot of cool stuff. Maybe we experimented with, with our, our gaming. But for me, it's always been about how, how it makes me feel, how, how, I'm, how much I enjoy my experience and the experience itself. What does the game teach me? What does the game tell me? How can I relate to this game? And then how can I remember this game in the future? Music to me are like, are like songs. It's like, it's like anything. When you hear a song, you remember such a great time. It takes you back to that spot. When you play a game, it'll take you back to that moment in time. This is the same thing like a scent or a smell. I've talked about this many, I've been talking about this for years. Same thing. So these senses that are triggered by gaming and music, hearing, seeing, smells, all this, they're really, really special to me. So when I think about a game of the year, like the one game this year, I don't look at it like this was the best game of the year and all the other games are shit. I don't look at it that way. My game of the year and how I break things down and the way I think about it, which is different, I think, than most people, or maybe not, I think about how it makes me feel inside. I think about what it did for me at that time. And I think about my emotions and how it impacted me. Not even about if it's an amazing game or not. It could be just a real basic game. But if it did something to me, like how a song does something to me, like when I hear a song, if I get goosebumps, if I get emotional, if I just have to stop and sit down for a minute and listen to the whole song with my head in my palms and just sit there and go, damn, this did something. Whoa, holy shit. Then that means something special. So to answer the, the question in the longest way possible for you, and I wish you told me your name so I could address you properly, but thank you for your voicemail. You should call me back and tell me your name. I'd like to know what your game of the year is, by the way. I feel that the game of the year for me would have to be Animal Crossing New Horizons. For the simple fact of it was there in March when it was released during the beginning of the pandemic and it was there for us through the entire unfolding of that year. 
I think it's a brilliant game what Nintendo did. I think they finally got a lot of things right with their online service. It's not perfect, but it's pretty well close. I think the entire Animal Crossing community of of animals and villagers and the sights and the sounds, everything is just really, really well put together. The customization is there. It's it's ever changing. Every every month, really, it changes with new events and seasons. It's really a 24-7, 365 kind of game. Now, yes, Stephanie and CJ just said this last night as we were streaming, we were playing. They've pretty much beat the game. They're done. They've done it until the next season comes, until spring, because it's snowing. You know, it's cool. But until spring comes and there's new bugs and new things, new fish to catch, new villagers move in, new, new people come around, new things to do, new furniture, things to build out. You just continuously customize your 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 village. And that's fine. But I still think even, even still, even if we've come to a point where we're like, okay, we've done it all. We're kind of bored with it. We can continuously come back to it and great, get great experiences throughout. And it will change throughout the year. And the music is brilliant. Their music is always really great. Stand out for me. And I think it's a great, fun family game for everyone. There's something there for everyone to have. Even if you're not, even if, if you're casual, if you're hardcore, it doesn't matter. There's something there for you. I think it's really, really great. That's why that's why Sims has always been so popular. That's why these types of games do very well because they they simulate in a way your life, and you can customize it and live it however you want to live it. And I think that is really, really brilliant. That right there is my game of the year, 2020, for all of the reasons I just said earlier. So thank you so much for the voicemails. Sorry that they're late. I apologize. This is the first podcast episode of 2021, and it is an absolute pleasure to have spent this hour and uh, 15 or so minutes with you. Thank you so much. If you want to make a voicemail and call in, you absolutely can. Call 503-908-5490. That is the phone number. You just, you know, go ahead. Just call it. It goes directly to my voicemail, and you just leave a message. You have three minutes, though. Cameron taught us that. <laughs> it's a three. There's a three-minute cap. So if you can do it under three minutes or send a multi-part, that's totally fine. Or if you're outside of the U.S. or it's long distance and you don't want to call that, you absolutely can record yourself on your smart device or computer, whatever. Just record yourself and email it on over to me and I'll play it through the email. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. 503-908-5490. Of course, HeineHouse.com, you know where to go. That is the website where all the fun's at. Check it out there. And I want to give another thanks to our incredible patrons right here on your screen. And thank you to our brand new patrons, Nick and Nathan. Appreciate you both for being here. Thank you for longtime support. But thanks, everyone. Let's jump into 2021 strong. Let's have a great year. And uh, let's continue forward. Does that sound like a plan, Stan? Good deal, Neil. As always say, don't let your meat loaf. (laughs) Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye now.